Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Rick Bradbury teaches on Race in the Rain. 1 Kings chapter 18. And let me just explain something real quick and let me try and do this the best of my ability. Thank you guys for being so patient with me this morning. But we talk about prophetic words and we talk about prophetic pictures. But I'm probably going to share something with you that you don't know about. I know about it because sometimes I get to know secrets. I just ask God to show them to me. And when Michael confirmed it, Jesus, before he left, the very last words he says was this. They ask him a question, Acts chapter 1, right there, verse 6, 7, 8. They ask him a question and said, tell us, you know, about this. And he goes, it's not for you to know. The times are the seasons. The Father only knows that. Heaven doesn't even know all that. There's some things in the heart of the Father that heaven doesn't know about. There's some things in the heart of the Father that nobody on the earth knows about. And so you can get a prophetic word, and most of you have, or you can get a prophetic picture But I want to tell you something this morning that most people don't know about. In heaven, there are prophetic posters. They're just on the wall. Prophetic posters. They come out of the heart of God. And here's what heaven does. All the ministering angels, what's this? He put up another poster. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? See, a lot of times we don't understand because in the heart of God, God has this poster up and it might be up for two years. It could be up for three years. And the angels are going like, why are you advertising this? What does this even mean? What's going on here? But it's a prophetic poster and it comes out of the heart of God. And I want to explain to you this morning, if I can, so that you fully understand the prophetic. The best definition I know that I've got from God on the prophetic is it's an invitation to a possibility. So God gives you a prophetic word. It does, it's not in concrete. It's just an invitation to a possibility. God gives you a prophetic picture. It is an invitation to a possibility. You can say no to it. You don't have to go. Why? Because I want to teach you something this morning, how you can experience God through obedience. See, some people experience God in different ways, but you can experience God through obedience. And I want to talk about that. So we go to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. This is about Elijah. Now, he just raised this dead boy. I mean, he's done some miracles, some great stuff. And in verse 1, it says this, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So he's got a word, right? You go to Ahab, and I will send rain. Why is this an important word? It's an important word because it hasn't rained in three years. I'm in a severe drought. It hasn't rained in three years. And in the midst of all that, Elijah gets this word. Go to Ahab. It's going to rain. If you'll go to Ahab, I will send the rain. 
And there's so many scriptures like that. If you will, then I will. If then scriptures, I call them. And if you find them, they're if you, then I will. And it depends on if you do it, then God will. If my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. See, there's a lot of if thens. It's based on experiencing God through obedience. But I want you to get this because this is where we fail to understand this invitation to a possibility. So God, the voice of the Lord comes to Elijah after three years of drought, severe drought. It hasn't rained in three years. And he says, Hey, if you'll go to Ahab, I will send rain. Okay. Okay. And most of us are in agreement with the word that God gives us or the picture, but somehow we don't know about the poster. We don't know what's on the poster. We get the picture and we get the word, but we do not know what's on the poster. And so you just agree with God. We need rain. Okay, send the rain. And we had to have, God says, no, first two conversations. You need to have two conversations. No, I don't need to have two conversations. I just need rain. No, I need you to talk to Obadiah and I need you to talk to Ahab. Well, I don't want to have two conversations. See, so many people walk out on the word over their life because they don't want to have the conversation God wants them to have. They don't want to talk about what they need to talk about. They don't want to have the conversation with Ahab. They, they don't want to hear what Ahab has to say. They don't want to really confront Obadiah because, in fact, Obadiah knows the king's going to kill you. And if he knows I know where you're at, he's going to kill me. Read 1 Kings chapter 18 for yourself. So what happens is we check out because we don't want to have the conversations. And God, we say, go, God, just send the rain. He says, no, first couple conversations. God, skip the conversation. Just send the rain. You said, you gave me a word. If I'll go to Ahab, what you'll do is you'll send the rain. And God says, yeah, but first two conversations. No, just send the rain. And so, okay, I talked to Ahab. I just got done talking to Obadiah. And God, send the rain. God says, no, we need a confrontation. A confrontation? Yeah, you just need to get right in Ahab's face. And just, and he's going to say, you're the problem. And then you tell him, no, you're the problem. Just have a confrontation. And we go, no, we don't want a confrontation. We need rain. Three years, God, no rain. Just send the rain. Like you said, you would send the rain. I'm right here with Ahab. You said, present yourself to Ahab, send the rain. You didn't say anything about conversations. And now you want confrontation? Yeah, it's your fault, Elijah. You're the troublemaker. No, Ahab, it's your fault. You're the disobedient one. And you've caused all the people. We don't want the confrontation. We just want the rain. Because we got a word from God. And so we go, okay, we have the confrontation and we say, okay, send the rain. We had it. No, let's, you need a challenge. I don't want a challenge. It's been three years. I just want rain. I got a word. I've got a prophetic picture. They spoke into my life. No, we need a challenge. Challenge him. Gather all the people and all the prophets and bring them down to Mount Carmel. No, we need rain. God, what's with the two conversations? What's with the confrontation? What's with the challenge? 
And you just go, God, you said, if I go to Ahab, I just went, it's going to rain. He says, throw in a contest. No, we need rain. No, we need a contest. Just tell him, you get the goat, I mean, the bull, and you build an altar, and we'll have a contest. God, we don't need any conversations. I'm out. I just want rain. No, we need the conversations. I do not want confrontation. Yeah, you need to have the confrontation. And so many people check out of your ministry, check out of your family, check out of your life because they don't want to have the confrontation. They're never going to see the rain. They don't want the challenge, let alone a contest. Read it for yourself. He says, yeah, throw in a contest. Okay, we'll challenge you. Mount Carmel, here's the deal. And then he goes, like, okay, we got the contest. Well, you need a crowd. Tell them all to come. No, we don't need a crowd. We need rain. What's, what's wrong with you? You're the one said you're sending the rain. You're the one gave me the word. You're the one showed me the prophetic picture. No, we need a crowd. Gather a whole crowd. They read it for yourself. So they gathered the crowd, 450 prophets of Baal. They also gathered 400 prophets from Asher. I mean, they got like 850 prophets there for this contest. And so here they go, and he tells them about the contest, and they start. I mean, they, they just start praying, and they, and I, I mean, they're just, God, Baal, come on. And you know what I like about it? Okay, God, we're having the contest. Send the rain. No, no, we need a conflict. Egg them on. Say, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe your God can't hear. Maybe his hearing's bad. Just egg them on. I know they've been at it for hours. I just picture, you know, Elijah gets there. He tells him, he makes it. You read it for yourself. He says this, watch this, because there's prophetic words over your life and there's prophetic pictures over your life and they are from the heart of God. But what we don't know about is the posters. And I don't know anybody. God wanted me to come here and tell you about the posters this morning. Because if you understand this, then what's going to happen is God is going to do something in this body. God's going to do something in your home. God's going to do something in your life that you wouldn't even believe if it was told you, even though there's a poster already probably in heaven about it. You need a conflict. So he says, and, and, and I just picture it, and don't light it on fire. And, you know, he's watching them because they're going to light a fire here. These guys, you can't trust these prophets of Baal. They're going to light a fire. So I picture him, Elijah, having to go to the bathroom. Like, I got to go, but it's like maybe five hours. He can't even go to the bathroom, so he kind of throws in. Maybe your God had to go to the bathroom. You know, he's not here, and he's not hearing Maybe he's in the bathroom because when somebody is, when somebody disappears out of the picture, all of us say that they say, where'd he go? Well, he went to the bathroom. Where'd she go? She went to the bathroom. So he wants this conflict. You got to add this. Uh, no, we don't need a conflict, God. And most of us have checked out on the prophetic voice and picture over our life because we wanted to avoid the conflict. What do conflicts do? They cause you to try harder. They cause you to try harder. They also cause you to cry out. So they start crying out. I mean, they start crying out. And why did they try harder? You know what the Bible says? They started getting louder and louder. They started leaping. They're leaping. They're getting louder. They started lancing themselves. Why? Because it was their custom. It was their culture. 
And so many times when there's a prophetic word over a body, a prophetic word over a city, if we're not careful, a prophetic word over a young man or young lady, what you'll do is you'll result back to your custom and your culture the way you want to do it. You will try harder. That's not the answer. You will cry louder. That's not the answer. But if it's a conflict, we seem to think that if we cry louder and we try harder, that God is going to do what he promised he would do. But that's just custom. That's just culture. So they start crying out. They started leaping. They started lancing themselves as their custom and as their culture. We're talking six hours, loud, leaping, lancing. Okay, God, no answer. We need rain. No. Like what's after the conflict, God? Just, can I tell you something about conflict? It's important who you're talking to. If you're talking to Baal, good luck, six hours. But if you're talking to Jehovah Jireh, my provider, if you're talking to Jehovah genius, that's my word for him. He already knows how to figure this out. And me trying harder and me getting louder and me leaping and me throwing a fit and me trying to get it to happen isn't going to make it happen. But I got a word. God, you said, if I go to Ahab, you would send the rain. What is this? He says, well, one more thing. Just draw them all in closer. So he gets him, come closer, come closer, come closer. You know what? The last thing we want when we have a prophetic word or a promise from God is a crowd. We want to give God a way out. We don't spit it out. I mean, it's hard to say, hey, everybody, God told me. The least people know, the better it is for God. You know, his reputation's on the line. He says, no, you need a crowd, and then you need them to get close. And you know what he prayed? Makes a difference. They prayed six hours. He just goes, God, I want them all to know who you are. I'll tell you what, when you have a prophetic picture over your life, when God's given you a promise, when you have a prophetic word, if you'll just rest in the place, I just want them to know who you are. I just want them to know the God that showed me that. I just want them to know the God that told me that. I just want to know the God that spoke that to me. I just want to know the God that touched me that night. I just want you to, I would just want everybody to know that God. And he prays this prayer that they would all know you. Verse 30, come closer. Okay, God, they're all closer. I told them that they'd know you. Send the rain. Now their God failed, so it'd be a good time to send the rain. That's what he said, right? That's what God said. Verse one, if you go to Ahab, I'll send the rain. We want to skip the crowd coming closer. We don't want people to get close to us because in case God changes his mind or in case it doesn't happen, but he brings them closer. And when God, you know, he does rain. No, I want all this consumed. I want to consume it all. I want to consume the altar. I want to, and you know what he, and I don't want to tell you the whole story because I don't have time, but he made him pour water on it like three times, four jars, big jars of water, poured it, the whole trip, and God sends the fire. And we all think the poster's about the fire. We all talk about Mount Carmel where God answers by fire. God came and answered, you should have been there. Six hours, they hollered and screamed and did all that stuff. And God came and answered by fire and he burned up the goat and he burned up the altar and he licked up all the water even in the trench around it that was full to the brim. What a mighty God we serve. Great God Almighty, hallelujah. God answers by fire. 
And we really, okay, God, good job. (laughs) Have you ever been where you, way to go, God. You consumed it all, yeah. And now you're ready for the rain. Okay, send the rain. He goes, no, no, we need a confession. A confession, what's this about? I'm not sending the rain yet. See, that's why you got to experience God through obedience. He says, I want a confession. And he, he had them all, the whole nation, get down on their face and confess, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, I'm not sending a drop of rain until there's confession. The Lord, he is God. But you told me, verse 1, rain. We're already down verse 30-something, God. I mean, by now you would have sent the rain. No, I want them all to confess, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They need to acknowledge that the one Elijah was was talking to is the one that answers by fire, that hears our cry and hears our prayer and know where we're at and know what we're facing and know what we're going through. Once we understand this, okay, God, they confessed. Okay, rain, we need the rain. Okay, God, we did the conversation, conflict, you know, confrontation. I mean, we went, the crowd, we did it all. God says, no, you need to capture all the prophets of hell. God, Rain, no capture all 450 of them. God, we don't need to capture them. They failed. They're losers. Let them go. No, capture them all. See, and we don't want to pursue the enemy at that level when we have a word over our life. Why? Because you know what God said? He says, not only do I want you to come closer, not only do I want the crowd, not only do I want them on their face confessing, I want you to capture all 450 prophets of Baal and I want you to kill them. Why? Because I don't want them to have one drop of rain on them. I'm not going to waste one drop of rain on one prophet of Baal. They're not going to feel the three years of drought, severe drought. They're not going to receive one drop of my goodness, one drop of my mercy. No, not one drop. This was a challenge. This was a contest. They defied me, the living God, just like Daniel. I mean, you know, in the lion's den, you name the story, just like David. Hey, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, the one that's defying the army of Israel, the people of God. And I stand here as a young man with a word for you. I am going to defeat you because the Lord is on my side. Whom shall I fear? Knowing him through obedience. Capture them all, kill them all, not one drop of rain. Okay, God, we killed all the prophets of hell. Now rain. Okay, that's what you told me, verse one. We're almost out of verses. You never told me. See, there's some things God doesn't want you to know. He doesn't tell you about all this until it's time for you to walk in obedience to what he's telling you on your journey to receive the rain that he's promised you because your obedience is going to unlock heaven for everybody in the nation and the surrounding nations. If one of you will obey the word of the Lord over your life and you'll be obedient through the through all the steps. But man, we don't want a couple conversations. We don't want the confrontation. We don't want the challenge. We don't want the contest. We're out. We don't want to make a choice. He said, you need to choose this day who you're going to serve. You need to make a choice. We don't want to make no more choice. We don't want a crowd. We don't want a conflict. No, we don't want to come closer. We don't want to take time to consume. We sure don't want to capture all the prophets of hell. But we did it. They're all dead. Rain time. 
No. I could just see Elijah going, now what? They're all the prophets of Baal are dead. Now what? He goes, uh, well, take your servant, go up on the mountain. He's seven times, he positioned himself. He's praying now. Now he had a word in verse one. If you go to Ahab, I'm going to send the rain. Now he's already has the fire and the contest and the conflict and he has the choice and all this. And see, so many of us leave the body. We leave the city. We leave the family. Why? Because we don't understand the prophetic posters. So here's what happened. Okay, what do we need now? Well, you need a cloud. Can't send rain without a cloud. You know, like to God, it's just like, you need a cloud, don't you, if you're going to send rain? Oh, is there a cloud? No, seven times he goes there praying. Is a cloud, yeah. And then the, the, the servant gets so hyped. This is where you got to live. So I, I got a cloud. I saw one. It's the size of a cotton ball. <laughs> you know what Elijah said? It's going to rain. Yeah, finally. Thank you, Jesus. Most of you, you're 15 years into this word God gave you. But your lack of obedience sometimes has kept you from the promise God gave you day one of your marriage. Day one of your ministry. And God is going to unlock heaven. But he says you need a cloud. Rain? God, I don't want to ask. We got the cloud. Now the rain just poured out. Three years of drought, severe, God. I don't need to remind you. You gave me a word, verse one. We're way down here at the end of the chapter. Well, I mean, we're running out of verses. Rain? No. I mean, can you imagine the frustration? Have you ever lived there? I've lived there. I got this word. I felt this thing in the shower. God gave me this promise at the service the other night. I just know what's going to happen. I've got stuff right now. I mean, 15 years, I had stuff living in my heart, and then I got to see it. Then another 15 years, something happened, and it was all true and all powerful and all great. But I didn't want to wait for the, crowd, the cloud. You know what else he says? Hey, tell Ahab to go get his chariot. Come on, God. Ahab, go get your chariot and get you something to eat too. I don't want you to be mounted with trees. Get a chariot. Get your best chariot and best horses. And that's the ones he was sending Obadiah for because whatever grass was left and all that, he wanted it for his animals. Even in the middle of drought, he always found the best stuff to feed those. So he's got these killer horses. I mean, he has the best chariot in the country. He says, go get your chariot. Why? Why go get his chariot? Because verse one, he said, you go tell Ahab it's going to rain. You know why go get the chariot? Because you have to know what's on the poster. Three years, the angels looked at it. Three years, heaven looked at it. What does this mean? What does this poster mean? When is this supposed to take place? You know what the poster said? Race in the rain. God advertised it through the whole drought. There's going to be a race in the rain. 
the fire wasn't the big deal. God just does what he does. He answers by fire. He can answer by fire anytime he wants. That wasn't the big deal that fire came down from heaven. He can stop the fire from doing the three Hebrew children. That's no big deal for God. The lions don't, that's no big, God just do, does what he does. God's just doing who he is. That's no big deal. But what he advertises is something he wants you to do. And he had planned three years prior in the drought. There's going to be a race in the rain. There's going to be a race in the rain. And let me tell you about the prophetic word over your life. It has a date on it and it has a time on it and it has a place on it. And it comes from the heart of God. There's a poster about Michael Cox and you don't know the date and you don't know the time and you don't know the place, but your name's on it. And it's advertising something that's in the heart of God that heaven doesn't even know when it's going to take place or how it's going to happen. But over your young life and over your marriage and over your ministry, Fallon, there's posters that come from the heart of God and they're advertising something you never even dreamed about or you never thought about. And he says, get your chariot. Why? Because you need to get to Jezreel 25 miles away. You know what the Bible says? Elijah picked up his cloak, stuffed it in his loins. He took off running. I picture it as the first marathon in history. 26 miles. Because why? He gave, a, he gave Ahab a head start. I wish somebody could make me a poster back there real quick. Race in the rain. Give the enemy a head start. Give Jezebel's honey a head start. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what happened? He takes off. The clouds are forming. It's going to rain. The word of God's going to come true. Here comes Elijah. 25 miles. <laughs> the Bible says he outran the chariots. Why? Because that wasn't God. That's something he wanted you to do. That's something he had planned for you. That's something he spoke to you. That's someplace he wants you to be. It's a time in history where God is going to fulfill his word over your life and over your heart and over your desires and over your longings. And God has a poster up about it. If you will accept the invitation, I'll tell you what, I've got a date planned. I've got a time planned. I've got a place planned. And it's not even, you. no one even knows when I'm advertising, all heaven didn't know about it. It's not fire on Mark Carmel. I just do that stuff because I need to do it. It's not closing the lion's mouth. I just do that. That had nothing to do with Daniel. But the race and the rain had to do with God wanted to show everybody who Elijah was, whether he was a man of God with the hand of God on his life. And God wants to showcase you with the words that he gave over you because he has something he wants you to do, something he wants you to perform, a place he wants you to be. Why? We need to understand there's going to be races in the rain that are in the heart of God. Because we're having a race in the rain. It can almost be that prophetic poster has a name and it's your name. Come on, music team. There's a race in the rain. It has a date. Has a date. Your prophetic word has a date. Your prophetic vision has a place. Your prophetic desire. 
But once you understand, and when God showed me that the race and the rain was in his heart, he wanted the man of God to outrun. And you know what? Let me just give you some really good insight here so you understand it. I picture there was flyers too. That's because I'm old. But back in that day, flyers were new. And when, when Ahab got home and Jezebel had killed all the prophets of God up until that time, I just picture a flyer came down. Race in the rain. I, she was hot. She was aggravated. She was frustrated that Elijah outrun my husband and those horses I bought him and that chariot I gave him for our anniversary and those reins I picked up for his birthday. I got him the best reins that craftsmen can make and that man of God outrun my husband and his chariots. She was hot telling you this because you need to be careful because many times someone else's comments someone else's comments will send you to the cave she just make these comments someone else's comments if you're not careful you can't give ear to what other people are saying about what God has planned for you And in your victory, what's going to happen is when God really favors you, instead of clapping for you, some people might even boo you. Some people don't want God to really see what he has planned after. After. You bury the love of your life. But there's a date. There's a place. And there's a time the word of God will not fail you. It's a prophetic poster. It has your name on it. And God's hand is going to come upon us. And he's going to provide for us a way of escape. He's going to provide for us. If you're not careful, though, you'll let somebody else's comments and thoughts about you send you to the cave. And so where does he end up? He ends up in the cave. He's in the cave after, the, after all of that. After the chariot race, after the victory, after the rain came, the downpour, and the drought was over, he's in a cave. Be careful. There's someone else's comments. Listen, men of God, I'm going to point at Michael. But every man in the room, because I was talking every lady take the word I just spoke over her don't let someone else's comments send you to the cave watch this don't let your concerns send you to the cave well I'm just concerned I'm the only one I'm just concerned no one understands I'm just concerned your concerns will send you to the cave and you'll find yourself at the cave and you'll just have all these concerns I'm just concerned about this. I'm concerned about this. And then I can't shake the comment he made the other night and the comment my mom made and the comment my brother made. And, and so I'm just, gonna, I'm just sitting here. You know what God does? I love this God. You got to hear this because some of you think, well, I don't have the prophetic picture or word fulfilled over my life. Let me tell you what, God's going to come to the cave. He comes to the cave and you got these concerns. You're really concerned about this stuff. 
And it's after some of your greatest moments. You really, those comments are eating away at you. And I'll close with this. But here you are in the cave and God comes to the cave to your place of deepest concerns or when you're having to live with what's being said about your failure and about your lack of ability and your lack of whatever. God comes and says, I love this. Please listen, guys. Hi. Hey, come out here. You know what he says? I've got three assignments I need you to do. He doesn't talk about where you're at. He doesn't talk about what you're feeling. He just says, Michael, I need to talk about you. I've got three new assignments. Sir, I've got three assignments. I need you to go here and do this, and I need you to do this. I've got three assignments. I know your concerns. They're legit concerns, but that's not what I want to have a conversation about. I'm the one that was with you when you're out around, but I've got three assignments for you. I got three assignments, brand new assignments. And God shows up with assignments when you're in the cave, your lowest point, when you feel like you failed, you didn't obey, you actually disobeyed. And he comes, yeah, I've got three more new assignments for you. And you say, well, what about the comments? You know what he says to the ladies? He says assurance. Let me tell you, I know you feel this way, like you're the only one, but there's 7,000. There's thousands others. So he comes with assignments and assurance. And he just comes and says, I know how you're feeling. I know what you're facing. I can't, but let me give you some assurance. Let me give you some assurance. And God shows up. He always shows up with assignments and assurance. Why? Because he still knows what he has in his heart for you. He already knows. It's in his heart. It's his heart for you. And I know what Satan wants to take away from you. He'd love to slap that smile off your face. Because you smile with your eyes. And everybody that I know smiles with their eyes. Satan hates that. Because that means you don't have to have any answers. You just got to show up. And if you show up on an assignment and you have some assurance, Satan doesn't want you to be there. He wants to keep you in the cave. He just wants you to keep you concerned about this. He wants that comment she made or he made just to nag at you. God says, no, let me give you some assurance. Let me give you some assurance. I just wish I could just give every, let me give you some assurance. Let me, let me just assure you. Oh, and I got an assignment for you. Let me assure you. And I got an, another assignment for you. Let me assure you. And I got an assignment for you. That's the God that advertises races in the rain. Not fire on Mount Carmel. No poster about that. That's just what he does. The posters are about you and the posters are about me. They're not about him. They're about us. So be very careful. Can I tell you this morning, I would not be here. I'm here to assure you, your heart is good and your heart can be trusted. Your heart is good. Let me assure you, 
man of God, your heart is really, really good. And your heart can be trusted. It can be trusted. But I need you to obey through the process when, because the word over your life, you think it's about the rain. No. You think it's about the fire. No, it's about a race I've got planned that nobody even knows about. God simply says, I thought of this all myself. I planned this race. I made the poster and it's going to happen. And God cheers us on. He cheers us on when we fulfill the word over our lives. Like when you guys are in Montana, God is like loving that vacation. Because you're made for those trips. I told you at the dinner table that night, God wants to send you places you've never been, see things you've never seen. I still remember that dinner that night. And then when I got those pictures back from Montana, I so got excited. The posters are about you, your family, your, your life. They're about you. And they're in the heart of God. And no one even knows about it. It's not for people to know the time and season that God's going to prove himself to you. But there's some guys in here going to outrun chariots. The whole system's going to fail and you're still going to have God. Let's just bow our heads and just receive this word as Jahan sings over us. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life. 